Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 21 of Social Impact CX, and as always, thanks for listening. Today, I'm grateful for my listeners in the Netherlands. Of course, I'm grateful for all listeners of Social Impact CX, but I'd like to give a special shout out and express some special gratitude for the Dutch listeners out there. Uh, During December of 2018, which was just last month as I'm recording this, Social Impact CX was a top 50 business podcast in the Netherlands, which was a rather unexpected development, but I must say, very exciting. I know that in the Netherlands, business models that incorporate social benefit or some form of social impact are common and a common topic of conversation, whether it's a public-private partnership or some other type of organization. Uh, You know, with the size of the market here in the United States, where I'm recording, just sheer mass makes uh, the U.S. a large social enterprise market. But I have to say that the concentrated focus on what I'd call social business models or social enterprise uh, with the Dutch is really interesting. And from my chair here in the U.S., um, uh, and also given just that the idea that bigger is not always better, I'd say that there's much we can learn from social enterprise colleagues in the Netherlands. So thanks for listening. Dank you wel, as they say in the Netherlands. Um, Earlier in my career in the technology sector, uh, business travels took me to places like Utrecht and Amsterdam and Eindhoven, and I always enjoyed my trips to the Netherlands. I like the people, I like the food, I like the beer, and I just like the overall vibe, and I really do look forward to a return visit someday. So I've been podcasting now for almost a year, and given that it's the beginning of a new year here in January of 2019, as I'm recording and as I'm planning my path forward for year two of Social Impact CX, I thought this episode would be a good opportunity to reflect on what's happened over the past year and figure out how I've gotten here and exactly where it is I am today. I wouldn't say that I'm looking back in order to go forward because that does not always work, Uh, but I am a big believer in occasionally pausing to assess where you are and recall uh, where it was you meant to be and to take a look at what's happened along the way and then learn uh, from where you've ended up in order to inform where you're going to head from here. So I think it's always a good idea to take a few minutes to reflect before pushing forward. So in January of 2018, a year ago, I found myself as a social entrepreneur just introducing a new product into beta, which for those of you not from the technology world, beta is an early testing phase. You typically have a product that should be providing value to someone, but you're you're getting feedback and input from early users, and you're likely to still be making updates to that product. I, I was bringing live a new application called JourneyMap, built uh, journey map is built to bring um, it's a social it's built in a social business model and is designed to make expensive customer journey mapping and customer experience work affordable uh, for organizations and businesses that that don't have a million dollar budget to do CX work uh, and to create a better understanding of the people that they're working to serve um, so that those insights can be used to effectively reach more people and hopefully help more people uh, with whatever it is that your mission might be and so 
I've been working on this application as a social entrepreneur and I realized, hey, there is a broader topic here to talk about this subject of customer experience work in a social impact or nonprofit environment. So, so in my career also, just a little background here, after first working in the world of software and technology for 20 years, I then transitioned to working for a large nonprofit organization here in the U.S. Uh, that's in the education assessment arena. I served as vice president of customer experience for ACT, the organization best known for a college entrance exam here in the U.S. And at the time, ACT was around a, a $350 million organization in annual revenues and was serving 10 to 12 million people each year with some form of an assessment experience. And I was somewhat of an intrapreneur, if you will, at ACT, as opposed to an entrepreneur, which I am these days. But I was an intrapreneur within ACT. Um, and, and that was my first exposure to uh, working for a nonprofit organization. And I certainly learned a lot. But what's interesting, as I reflect a little here, um, and as I look at the most listened to episodes for Social Impact CX in this, in this first year, um, from the, my first year of podcasting, some of the most important themes that I focused on in the podcast were the same themes or some of the same themes that certainly came up time and again as I served as Vice President of Customer Experience for a large nonprofit organization such as ACT. Um, and it was just fascinating to see that, that these themes were reflected in the most listened to or downloaded episodes during the first year of my podcasting with Social Impact CX. Um, for example, the most listened to episode of Social Impact CX during the past year, during uh, 2018, year one of the podcast, was episode 12. Episode 12 was about organizational culture and CX, to which all I can say was when I realized that was, wow, that, that is something. Because as I've said many times over and over, whether or not you're using the word customer, maybe you say client or beneficiary or member or whatever, the, the main purpose of a customer experience initiative in a social impact or nonprofit environment is to ultimately help more people. The more you know, the more you can help. And, and customer experience work really helps you understand people better. It creates, you create empathy for their experiences so hopefully you can serve people better. To, and also to further achieve mission, don't, don't forget that. So while many people um, are drawn to working in a nonprofit or social enterprise organization, and they're certainly there out of the absolute best of intentions, what's interesting is that when you pull up a little bit, it's really easy in any of these organizations, and this is just like for, in a for-profit business as well too, it's really easy to get caught up in established processes or, you know, the way we, we've always done things that way. Or maybe there's rules based upon paperwork or, or data formats. Or perhaps there's constraints based upon technology systems or some other arcane factor. It is very easy to let those variables overwhelm that main mission of the intent to help more people. And those variables really drive culture and decision making and what actually gets prioritized and what happens. Which brings us right back to the subject of episode 12, organizational culture and CX. And I think that's because when you, you ponder this broader subject, it always comes back to culture. Organizational culture, all these different, it's leadership, but it's all these other elements also. I mean, that's really it. It's number one 
with a bullet. And by the way, um, I will reiterate, the, the world of social impact and nonprofit work is, in this way at least, not so different than other regular for-profit businesses because this happens all the time in for-profit businesses as well too. So no matter how much lip service or focus or attention is being paid to quote-unquote being customer-oriented, customer-focused, when it, it comes to order processing, product design, purchase processes, registration or, or sign-up uh, processes, uh, you know, none of those things exist in a vacuum, and it's really important to recognize that. Uh, they are they require com- combined efforts across many different team members to pull off these multiple functions, and and the processes and systems that are that are in the organizations are also shaped by budgets and staffing decisions and the priorities of various leaders and managers. These are all very real-world elements and parameters, and they exist in social enterprises, in for-profit companies, in nonprofit organizations. They're everywhere. The, the culture of an organization is ultimately shaped by team members and actions and priorities set by leadership, which may or may not be prioritizing the experiences of the people that you're working to serve. There could be other forces at play. It's said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. I'm not quite sure exactly who who said that first. Um, I think that's certainly true. So while we all may be coming to the office every day or logging on with team members to help the people that we're working to assist, the beneficiaries or clients or whomever, if the core principles of the organization lie in, in another field, in, in research or policy or autonomous service or whatever it else it is in your environment, there will always be a risk, a, a risk that is present and real, a risk of really being able to put the beneficiary or client or customer and what they're experiencing in the center of everything you do and then being able to make decisions or changes or take actions accordingly. Uh, the, the culture of an organization always puts that at risk. No matter what a culture in uh, an organization dictates, uh, and once again, this goes in not for nonprofit and for-profit cultures both, it's always a challenge, and usually a very worthwhile challenge, I'll, I'll add, to step back and figure out uh, the right thing to do based on uh, a better understanding of the customer or client. And I do mean a better understanding based upon empathy derived from valid research methods, but make no mistake, this is real work. Uh, it's no small effort. And you know, the world of customer experience uh, business is really exploding. Um, the, there was there were projections for it to uh, be uh, an $18 billion industry uh, by 2019 or so. And, and I believe the projections now are going up to a $32 or $33 billion industry worldwide by uh, 2025. And so uh, this is not only, um, it, it's big business. It's not just uh, side projects and that. This is really how organizations are, are driving their businesses, but it's hard work. So once you know more uh, and you, you're you on the path with customer experience work, um, you know the, the question then becomes, how do we do more, especially if you're in a social impact or nonprofit environment? Um, and, and so what's interesting, though, is that when you ask the question, now that we know more, how do we do more? You need to be prepared that you could be coming up with some very different answers than have come forward in the past. 
and, and you need to be prepared for that. Or you may discover um, that insights uh, indicating uh, that you could be doing more or perhaps be more successful in your efforts are, are going to come forward from these insights that come from greater empathy, that, that come from customer experience work. And, uh, you know, that's, that's important to anticipate that that is where you're potentially headed. And it's not unusual for the answers to these new questions uh, that come from the new findings to represent some form of cultural change, which brings us right back to uh, that episode 12. It's all about organizational culture. Um, and so given the, the change that, that's represented many times, once again, it's it's important to understand the magnitude of the work that you'll be taking on. And also, as we've talked about in prior episodes of uh, Social Impact CX, this uh, customer experience work never takes place in a vacuum. It always requires collaboration. Uh, you're always engaging with others across your organization to be more successful on behalf of whomever it is that you're working to serve. And I know we've touched on that. Uh, in prior episodes, but I will tell you in the next year, the next 20 episodes of Social Impact CX or whatever form that takes, uh, we'll continue to talk about organizational culture because I know that's uh, really important. And I was really, uh, I was kind of dumbfounded and quite excited when I saw that that was uh, the episode that was most listened to in in this first year. So while episode 12 was about organizational culture, um, uh, and that was number one, the second most listened to episode for Social Impact CX in this past year was episode 17, which is why CX is different for social impact organizations and nonprofits. I think that uh, this is something that I'll naturally be exploring more of as we head down the path here at Social Impact CX. And while I'll continue to point out that uh, you may not even use the word customer, uh, but uh, you you may use beneficiary or client or member or whomever. But you know this is important work, um, and I'll try to explore elements here uh, as well as we go down the path. You know I I observed a few references interestingly enough when you consider customer experience work in a nonprofit environment. I observed a few references this past year where people were talking about CX work in a nonprofit being eighty or ninety percent the same as CX work in a for-profit, the, the inference was, it's really kind of the same. Um, and it that's a premise that I don't really totally agree with. And I'll say right up front that, that the methodologies and the tools and, and what you do in customer experience work in a for-profit environment, absolutely you can borrow and repurpose many of those things in a nonprofit or social impact environment. But I don't really totally agree that it's pretty much the same. Mission in a nonprofit organization is many times lived day in and day out in a very different way than what you find in for-profit businesses where shareholder value and really can ultimately trump everything else. At least that's been my personal experience as someone who's held leadership leadership roles in both for-profit companies and nonprofit organizations. Uh, the one exception where CX in, a, in nonprofit work might be 80 or 90% of CX work in a for-profit where it really might be that similar might be in the case of donor relations, where uh, the primary focus is on a uh, primarily financial transaction. But if you take into consideration what happens in a nonprofit in other aspects when it comes to product or solution development, or in a nonprofit's version of customer care, or even in something like billing 
and paperwork requirements, the applications of customer experience findings can really be quite different in a nonprofit environment as opposed to a traditional for-profit environment. And when it comes to reporting out CX findings to executive leadership or a board of directors, the CX lens can really take on a very different view than what I think you'd find in a typical for-profit business with investors and, and, and shareholders. It's not really an 80 or 90% overlap when you get to these areas. Um, however, I will say once again, as I've already said multiple times, the tools and methodologies of customer experience work are, are certainly similar to what's being done uh, when you're doing this work in a nonprofit or social impact environment as compared to what's being done in a for-profit company. Uh, and, and it's important to understand that big for-profit business really pioneered the space of customer experience work. But it is different when you uh, begin to think about how can we use these tools and methodologies to help more people in a nonprofit or social impact uh, context. But, you know, once again, let's come back to some of the core methodologies where the methodologies and tactics that you're going to use are similar, but, but I think each one of them many times require thought and effort to adjust or modify as needed. Um, you know, customer research, specifically ethnography and personas and customer journey maps and, and you know, many, many other elements of CX work, these all transport quite nicely and rather effectively um, from for-profit work to nonprofit or social impact work. But I think that uh, there's always an adaptation or an adjustment or a rethinking of some form. You know, don't forget why you're there and uh, and who you'll be accountable to. It, it, th these can be very different audiences that should be thought about, you know, on the front end of your work, not on the back end. Um, you know, who you'll be accountable to, donors, sponsors, funders, the beneficiaries themselves. This is different than customers and executive management sometimes. Uh, and how those uh, all-important experiences are going to be measured, the people who actually benefit uh, from the experiences that are related to your mission, the beneficiaries, uh, how will they ultimately um, achieve an improvement of some sort? How are you going to measure that? Uh, that that's a different conversation, a different thought process than what happens in the for-profit world. And, and while, yes, once again, there will be a big overlap in the CX work you're doing in a nonprofit or social impact environment as to compared to what you'd be doing in a traditional for-profit business, you should once again never forget why you're there in the first place. Um, and I'd argue that the, the work you're doing may have some significant similarities, uh, but it's not the same as a for-profit business. Um, and it's, it's different. It really is uh, significantly different. It's really not just kind of the same thing, only slightly different. So here's another good example. Uh, as I was looking at the, the, the most listened to episodes of Social Impact CX over this past year, um, uh, the, uh, the, the third most listened to episode of Social Impact CX was episode 13, talking about Voice of the Served. Uh, and, and now here's a great conversation about adaptation. The concept transfers, but how you adjust or adapt the work that's being done. And this is really important work to customer experience programs, understanding the voice of whomever it is that you're working to serve, whether you're trying to get somebody to buy something or whether you're trying to 
uh, help somebody get to healthcare services. Uh, I mean, this can really be quite different. Um, but it's a great example of what uh, I've just been talking about here. While the work may be similar in some areas, and the methods or tools may even be quite comparable as well, um, there is some important extra work to be done to adapt what's being done here for social impact purposes. Uh, after all, making sure that you understand and can represent the voice of the people you're serving is, is why you're doing this work. And so while, once again, the methods for capturing feedback, those may be well established. And we have to thank um, the, the big business for-profit sector that, that really trailblazed customer experience work for uh, creating those methodologies that have produced today's Voice of the Customer programs, or VOC. Uh, those VOC programs and the, the components that form them, uh, they're frequently used by for-profit companies, and we all encounter them many times as, uh, as we're asked for feedback on our purchases or whatever. Those are well-defined and can be a great guide for setting up a Voice of the Served program, or VOS. But it's also just so important to step back and think about who you're getting input from. Uh, you know, maybe it's not just from paying customers. The voice of the served may be a broader concept. And you, know, you should think through how will you use the findings from these feedbacks, from the, the voices of the people that you're serving. Uh, it's, it's likely not just for revenue-driven refinements. Um, exactly how you're going to be adapting the, the findings and the usage, how you're going to be listening. The, the listening methods themselves could actually be different. And so while the idea and the concept and the tactics of a voice of the customer program, some of those things do transfer and apply to a, a nonprofit social impact environment where you want to better understand and measure the voice of the served, it's different. And it's, the work is different enough, I propose, that it really is uh, it's significant and, and you must take the time to adapt and adjust and modify and repurpose as needed to, to help you achieve, to use, help you use those findings to achieve greater impact so that you can help more people. However, I have to say I'm really glad that the idea of uh, creating a Voice of the Serve program um, is in, in making that adaptation from the very well-established concept of the Voice of the Customer programs, that that struck a chord with people uh, was great. It's exciting to know that a year into Social Impact CX podcasting, that there's an audience out there interested in these themes and content. Uh, here in the United States, I can see that there are listeners out there in, in major metropolitan areas such as Chicago, uh, the Bay Area in Northern California, New York City, and, and Portland. Uh, one of the things I've learned recently is that the metrics of reporting and analytics in the world of podcasting is not quite a uh, well-oiled machine just yet. It's really more like the Wild West out there. But when the data was assembled from multiple sources, it was fantastic to see not only major metros become visible, but also I could see some specific places like Mountain View, California, and Brooklyn, New York, and Glen Ellen, Illinois. Uh, a big shout out to everyone in those great places and thanks so much for listening. And, and in Europe, once again, it's not just the Dutch listening in the Netherlands. I can also see that there are groups of listeners in places like Paris and, and other European locations as well. And so to everyone, thank you all so very, very much for listening in. I really was not sure at the beginning of 2018 how many people out there would be interested in the idea of exploring how customer experience methods and concepts 
could be applied to helping more people in social impact and nonprofit work. And I'm so delighted and so very grateful that all of you have joined for this adventure. Uh, there's more to come in 2019, and I truly look forward to continuing this conversation. So, as I, as I always say, Social Impact CX is also intended. It, it's really, I, I hope for it to become an interactive forum, a place to stir conversation, to answer questions, provide some context and definitions, hopefully achieve a better understanding of CX work in general. So what questions do you have about journey maps or defining other elements in this world of customer experience work? What would you like to hear more of about here at Social Impact CX in future episodes? You can ask a question and offer an idea in a couple different ways. Uh, first, you can send me an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T-C-X dot com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there or comment. Uh, our Twitter handle is at Social Impact CX. And please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. Or you can also find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at John F. Corrigan. Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube, Feel free to post a question in the comments section, and we'll do our best to catch you there. That goes for SoundCloud as well. Uh, and if you're at YouTube or SoundCloud, please subscribe and follow us uh, so that uh, we can uh, keep up to date with you there as well. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX, and I really appreciate that you joined us for any part of the first year of uh, uh, the first 20 episodes in 2018. There's more to come. Thanks.